race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. You're listening to the Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name with ugh, my name is Jay Ray. With me is my deskmate, Jacob. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Sorry it's been so long, you know, into summer, travel, holiday, that kind of crap, you know, just kind of got in the way. But we should be back, um, you know, for, I mean, I, I think we'll be back on a normal two-week schedule going forward. Uh, for those who care, uh, we are swapping weeks, so it'll be two weeks from now, so we're changing our cadence a little bit, but yeah, that shouldn't really affect things too much. It should actually make it easier if we can't record on a normal day to get something out and not have to miss, you know, uh, basically a month in between episodes. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be dope. Um, just to give you guys all an update, I was at a Labor Day parade. I uh, have been playing the new Spider-Man game, the new Destiny expansion. I'm eagerly waiting the new Tomb Raider game. I went to a baby shower today, and at the baby shower, someone passed out due to some type of diabetic shock. It was nuts. Uh, and then I was second place at the bean counting game at the baby shower. Oh, man. You would have you rocked in season three when they were all betting and stuff. Yeah, I, I looked at it, and I was like, there's about like 1,200 in here. But that's like a boring number. So I did one, two, three, four. And by doing that, I was over by like five beans. It's terrible. <laughs> nice, nice. But here we are, ready to get into season eight. Michael is officially gone. We have new characters. So we'll start off with season eight, episode one, The List, written and directed by BJ Novak. Uh, so this... Oh, I mean, this was just like nostalgia, right? This opening. I mean, in a way where like the rest of the, the older seasons are like, man, the old office was different. But this cold open was so like, this was a movement. You know what I'm saying? You know, that was like the French Revolution. I really miss the whole planking like, thing. Like, I, it was just not a thing where I was. <laughs> I see. No, it was everywhere. Um, so you get Aaron planking on top of like one of those uh, parking curbs. Mm-hmm. Um, Meredith's planking uh, underneath the urinal. Yep. Yeah. Um, Kevin's planking on top of de- uh, Dwight's desk. Right. Oscar's planking, which is no. crazy. No, wasn't he? No, he he, he, he was. He, he said it was, stupid. was stupid. That's right. Right. There was this great line there where he's like, you know, it's one of those things. You either get it or you don't. Like half second pause. Like, and I don't. Well, that Erin says that. She right. says she doesn't get it, but she's just happy to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. She's got dirt from her forehead all the way down her shirt. <laughs> um, so uh, who is it? Oh, and during this cold open, we find out that Andy uh, has been made original manager right. uh, who has picked Dwight as his number two, who he sends out to fix the planking epidemic. Right. He just starts throwing people. Like someone was on, a, I think it was Toby was on the table and he's like, Pushed him off. Yeah, Toby was on the table. Meredith then had moved to the top of the urinal uh, at the bathroom stall, at, rather. Right. She gets blasted with a uh, fire extinguisher. That doesn't seem healthy. 
uh, I mean, the fire extinguisher, the six foot fall, all of it. <laughs> There's a lot of negative side effects that she's about to experience. Um, yeah, but yeah, so we're back and now there's like some big news, right? Right. So what happens with, well, why, why is Andy the manager? Because so Robert California somehow managed to talk Joe out of her job that he made Andy the manager because they hired him. Um, right, so now he is the CEO of Saber. Saber proper. Right. And, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know how far, like, Robert California was planned for. I, was he, I don't know if he was supposed to be just a one season thing or if that happened because he went to um, Blacklist. Because I, I think, I think yeah, that's I mean, when that happened. Yeah. Because part of me feels like, uh, well, I mean, one, it's James Spader, right? So, like, maybe not everybody know, knew who he was at the time because he's a bit of an older actor, you know? Right. He, he's kind of like a temporary of, like, Robert Downey Jr., but he just went a different way, you mm-hmm. know? He wasn't cast in a Marvel movie <laughs> ten, <laughs> 10 years ago, so he, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so, so I don't know. I don't know if it was, like, expensive and he was, like, a guest star. Or if him being on the show got him blacklist, so that's why they're like, all right, well he can he can skedaddle then. Isn't the blacklist uh, another NBC show? I always thought it was like TNT or something. Uh, no, it's NBC. It is okay. So yeah, okay, so all within network or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love him. I, I, I love <laughs> this. I love him as Robert California. Yeah. It's so like we learned that like. He's like does these really weird walk arounds and you don't want to be caught by him, but you kinda do and it's super yeah. bizarre. Yeah. These intense like one on one discussions about who knows what. Um sex in nature. <laughs> yeah. So uh just as he's 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 zoned in, he's picked Aaron and just before he does, uh Andy reminds him of a casual chit chat scheduled for nine thirty, uh, which which they go do. Um, and then as he leaves to go to Andy's office, Aaron discovers that California left his notebook there. So do you think he left the notebook on purpose? Like the way he operates, it would not shock me if. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think Scranton at times does throw him for a loop where like, obviously he has figured out humanity. <laughs> and uh, so like these things, like this notebook, I think is probably, a clever thing to be like, okay, now these guys are fighting it out and it's competitive and maybe this will drive mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but I do think sometimes the sheer insanity of Dunder Mifflin's screen su- su- really catches him by surprise sometimes. But this is just not one of those moments yet, you know? Yeah. I, I really feel like he did it on purpose. Yeah. It, like, f- before we get too hard, so obviously Dwight's pissed he didn't get the job. Right. And he ends up with this like crazy schedule where he's like meditating an hour in the morning and an hour, or, like an hour at sunset, an hour at sunrise, karate eight times a week, something else four times a week. He's doing Muay Thai, he's doing karate, uh, he's doing yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Basically, every hour that he is awake is planned. Right, right. He's yeah. He's been doing boxing lessons during lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, well, poor Dwight. We we see this whole thing in here. Well, especially in the next episode, and Dwight's just like, he's just done. He's like, I'm gonna do my job, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he's not uh, not been a big help. I mean, he still is a number two, and he does do his job. 
but not to the point of like trying to suck up to this person above as right. Michael Andy is not. Um, so find out Pam's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she is crying to a commercial that uh, apparently has been on TV a few times. Um, and uh, I forget. Yeah. Just wants to protect his bone. I don't even know what the commercial is about. Yeah. I don't either. I mean, I'm sure like, cause he has a bank vault. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but so it's kind of like this, uh, just setting the tone, I guess, for what kind of Pam we're going to get this season. Uh, emotional pregnant Pam. Right. Actually, it looks like it was a traveler's insurance commercial. Oh, it's based on a real commercial? Yeah, it actually, yeah, it was a real commercial. I guess they can match it up with the music because we do hear the music. Yeah. Wow. Uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Erin discovers this list. She calls over Pam because Pam is kind of like the receptionist expert, right? Right. Yeah. Erin yeah. definitely like leans on Pam a lot because she's still very, even though she's been doing the job for two three years now like she's still really iffy about it i mean over two years because it was what mid to late season five when she came in yeah she came on during the michael scott paper stuff right yeah i gotta say the relationship between pam and aaron never really goes anywhere you get these weird little moments of like oh michael likes the way you do this pam but there's no like oh i guess um that one time in the car right where aaron's upset Yeah. Right. It's just like that time. But yeah, it's also like this is my work friend. Mm-hmm. In yeah, a way where like Angela, there's like another friendship kind of thing going on there. You mm-hmm. know? Right. So the list, um, they don't know it yet, but we know it's you know, win what, who he perceives as winners and losers in the um in the office. So the winner side, Jim, Dwight, Oscar, Daryl, Andy, Toby, Phyllis, Angela, and Kevin. Kevin surprises me on this one. Yeah, I think um, there is like a, a manness about Kevin. You know, like there's just like a white guyness about Kevin. He likes sports. <laughs> he, you know, he refuses to let people call him dumb, even though like he is the dumbest person. Right. Um, and like when he when he's wrong, but he knows he's right. You know, knows mm-hmm. he's right. Like he just does. And I feel like maybe there's a I think Robert California would be like, yeah, I know dumb dudes like this at corporate, you know, this guy's corporate material <laughs> because he is so unabashedly terribly. Well, it's also, like, you know, he talks about it later, but he's like, you know, I just met you. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. Prove me right. Prove me right. All that stuff. So maybe yeah. it doesn't, didn't really matter. You're just like, hmm. But so something that's interesting is like, if you notice, cause you know, we have nice large televisions now. Um, I paused the list and I was like, Meredith, you could see started out on the winner side and got uh-huh. moved to the loser side. Right. And the loser side is Stanley, Gabe, Kelly, Ryan, old man. Yep. <laughs> Pam, Meredith, and Aaron. Yep. That's right. Let's see. There's definitely a lot more. Well, there's one more on the winner side, right? Right. But there's four women on the loser side and two on the winner side yeah uh yeah i mean you know phyllis and angela are in are like kind of front and center in terms of their roles in their department right and and phyllis is the only female sales staff right um so kelly's in the back pam as this office administrator thing i think there's not a lot to do to be like i'm good at my job with that 
Because that seems to be what she leans into. She doesn't like to even try to sell. Um, Meredith. I mean, I would honestly with Meredith, I feel like it's probably like she he must have figured out she's a drunk. Maybe. Or a whore. Like, you know. Or maybe. a drunken whore. <laughs> that it's gotta be the combo. Uh and Aaron, yeah, because she's dumb, you know. I like Aaron. I would give her all the jobs, but you can't deny it. She's not the brightest. Bald. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if it's like she's stupid or she's just really naive and hasn't been taught enough. I mean, she threw out a disposable camera. Yeah. After using the, I'm pretty sure there are instructions on the camera saying, now give this to somebody to get your phone. Right. So they're all trying to figure out what it is. And Jim's like, all right, look, I'll just take a picture of it. He's like, do I throw my, throw my phone into why it's like, fastballs it right into the walls you know yeah yeah and kevin's like we're gonna need a warning it's like we're not gonna need a warning he starts you know yelling warning 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 right the first of two times this works in this right episode. and there's this great bit about um dwight's lists dwight dwight's list where he has all these lists and all these ledgers that i love that he just has at the office yeah and the one that stuck out to me was there were there were two. There was if we were splitting into life rafts and life <laughs> boats. Do you know yeah. what the difference is? Because I don't. Um, yeah, well, I, I no. I, if I guess, I would say a raft is flatter. So like maybe it's composed of like tree trunks and stuff like that. While a boat is like a proper boat with raised sides. That's maybe that's my, my knee jerk thought. So maybe there's something about people who would roll off a boat. Not great for a life, but uh, a life raft, you know. Yeah, I just I had never heard the distinction before. Um, so ultimately, what they decide after comparing with these lists is that Andy just needs to ask Robert California what the deal is with this list. And right. uh, now this is this is hard because Andy doesn't do anything as regional manager from this point moving forward. That is like well, except for maybe the next episode. But like that really showcases that he deserves to be there. You know, he continues to be Andy. He's scared. He's not confident. Uh, he's wishy-washy. Their biggest, biggest right. That's right. So, you know, there's a lot of negatives that I'm aware of. Um, so it's not like, cause, and, I, and I say this because Jacob wrote, Andy is such a wuss <laughs> when it comes to everything, which is true, but it's not like this is like new, right? This right. Is, Right, but he's just so upfront because he's you know much more of a main character than maybe he has been. Right, you know he's the manager now, so it's much more apparent because he can't, like you said, now he can't metaphorically go to the you know warehouse and polish his knob. Correct. Which we all know that wasn't metaphorical. <laughs> no one no. pays attention down there. Yeah, I mean, how how long were Dwight and Angela doing stuff down there? And I'm sure someone knew them. They just were like, well, if we tell people, then we can't watch it anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so, I would so, not want to watch that. No. So Andy asks, and Robert starts this uh, you know, analogy of like, you know, people doodle mindlessly, mm-hmm. whatever, um, but he writes names. And he goes into detail about doodling, about how people draw houses or penises or whatever. And right. Like, All that. Yeah. All the houses are colonials and all the penises are circumcised. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I, you know, that's yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, he, he downplays the list. He doesn't really explain what either side is. And as he does this, um, he moves Andy's name from one side to another side. 
Right. And I think it was probably just how he was just so wishy-washy about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it could be that or part of it could be like, because Andy explains that the staff saw the thing, they made the photocopy or whatever. It's just like a lack of control over his people, you know? Right. Um, so let's see. Yeah. So they end up, he ends up taking the left side out to lunch. Yep. And we get this very weird thing of, so Jim, what does your daughter think of the street? Oh, Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. It's like how Elmo is some weird symbol of like cap. I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said Elmo was, but it was some weird like metaphor he was using. And everyone's like, everyone has no idea what he's talking about, but they're like, oh, great job, Robert. Apt, apt. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, and it's at that moment too, Toby just realizes he's like, this is too much. Either it's because he doesn't, he's, I think it's more like he doesn't disagree with everybody faking understanding. Like, I don't think he's got like a moral issue with that. It just felt more like, oh, these people are like playing this game and like, I'm going to, I'm going to lose. It seemed much more of like, I don't deserve to be here as opposed to like, I'm not one of you people, you know? Right. Right. It definitely was more of a, I, I just, maybe he just got really just like, um, down or something and this really does start like the hardcore sad sack toby yeah yeah so maybe it's just a part of that yeah as a as a quick sidetrack what do you feel about toby's downward spiral to the end of these like series here because i bad yeah i really liked toby early i thought he i mean he was always a you know sort of a foil punching bag right well, he started out as more of a foil to Michael. Yeah. And then he just became like a whipping boy. Well, because there's like a joke here where like, um, as I turn yellow, dabu dee, dabu die, um, that Toby was never really a loser. Michael saw him as a loser, always kind of with no good reason to, right? Right. So there, we all could have believed that Toby goes home and it's a totally normal life or whatever. Um, but then they don't ever give him that. They like make sure his relationship with his ex-wife is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's always trying to impress his child. Uh, he uh, has a conflicted relationship with God. Yeah. Um, he ends up living, you know, in a house with roommates. Like 14 roommates yeah. in New York. Yeah. Trying to write yeah. the next great crime novel. Right. You know, so they, so they really build him up. Like as the series goes on to be the loser that Michael knows him as. And yeah, I'm with you. It's sad. It's too bad. And he is the showrunner too. So like, I kind of wonder why he let it happen like i feel like there was supposed to be a payoff for a joke and it never came that's what it feels like it feels like you're setting up this big joke and nothing ever comes well i wonder if it's like reasons of well practically because so he doesn't have to be on camera as often like he's a loser so he gets to come in once or twice and just be like the butt of a joke right uh but on the other hand too i wonder if there's a um because they do do things that make Toby also worthy of being a loser. Like when he creepily touches Pam's leg. I mean, it's pretty much all Pam stuff, right? The creepy leg thing. Right. Uh, he gets really Nelly when she shows up. He's uh, really bad about that too. Right. And you got the whole screen strangler thing that he pines about for years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while they also give him traits of being a loser, they also give him negative enough qualities where we would want him to be a loser in those moments. So I, I don't know what his game was. It's just messing with us. You know, he didn't start from the beginning, obviously, right? It was Greg Daniels. So 
by right. the time he's in charge, I, who knows? Who knows what's been? Yeah, like knows. I said, it feels like they were going to do something with it. It, it just never happened. Yeah. Um, so it finally comes out that these are lo- like losers. Yeah. And Jim is like freaking out. Like, how could he actually like call them losers? And so Dwight, I think it's Dwight or Kevin, like texts everybody like, ha ha. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And uh, so Pam starts to cry. Um, yeah. And Dwight says, no, it's Andy. He goes, chins up. I can't believe he said, would say that. It's terrible. Well, immediately he's like, oh, that's not appropriate. <laughs> that's really good. Um, he's, he's just like, he doesn't know. Like, he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, so I'm ultimately, and I'm just going to skip across uh, you calling Andy a wuss again, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know andy is trying to get some help from dwight dwight like really stands his ground at this point knowing he's a winner Andy's a loser and if he doesn't help andy then andy will be shown for the loser that he's right and earlier he said i'm just gonna wait for the inevitable implosion of andy yeah that's and, right uh you know but there there is a good moment where dwight's just like you wanted the job it's yours do it that's right you know because he's trying to like he uh Oh, that'll that'll be next episode. Sorry, yeah. that's the next episode. But yeah, but Dwight does try to be like you know he says that in a way where like obviously Andy can't do it, but Andy does do things, little things here and there. They're like, oh man, yeah, there's sprinkles here, right? Uh, so we get this fun thing where he's you know Robert California gets really inspirational with like, all right, winners prove me right, losers prove me wrong. I just met you, all this stuff. Yeah. Then Andy goes in and is like you know talking about it he's got the door open he's like look you know pam is great and um he's like know. yeah he's like you know he gives everybody some good props or whatever but then he comes to gabe and he's all like and to show you that i'm being completely fair you called gabe a loser i think that is astute <laughs> and everyone outside's like shaking their yeah, yeah. he's this funny thing about how he's like, do you know that Stanley has one, not one, but two, you know, relationships and is consistently high? And Robert California's like, I did not know about the sales numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of course, somehow Robert California would know of uh, Dar- not Daryl's Stanley's po- polygamous ways. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it could be taken that way, or just like also he's like in work mode you know because like michael was always introducing people by their sexual history right yeah <laughs> nice um yeah and then uh as he leaves he, he runs back in and he just kind of commits because throughout the whole episode he he's like his i'm a great boss move was to get a half day on the friday mm-hmm. um yeah we find out that they had always gotten it in the past so i guess there was some debate whether the new ceo would allow that too Right. He says they're taking it off. Right. So like the, um, have you ever worked in a place where you got Columbus day off? Uh, I just started to. Yes. Really? Not before, but now I do. Yep. It's crazy. Actually, no. Columbus is, Columbus day is in October, right? Yeah. No, never mind. I don't get it off. I just took it off because it's the weekend after Comic-Con. There you go. I need a recoup day. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So no, I did not. I got to tell you, and I don't know what it's like over by, by your neck of the woods. But for some reason, uh, I live in Northern New Jersey. It's very heavily uh, Italian American. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of Italian American festivities on that day. Um, and I just don't fully understand why. I have no idea. Maybe, maybe it's just like, cause he was what 
He was like port. He was yeah Portuguese, right? And he was sailing for Spain, right? So Italy are connected by delusion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I mean, maybe it's just a maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Just treating it like hey. So he gets that. Uh, everybody kind of gives him a thumbs up as they leave. And it's kind of the show of like, yeah, people kind of support your attempt at trying to be the manager here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of the gist of the, oh, and then it ends with this really touching moment where uh, Jim says goodbye. I'll meet you in the car. Cause Pam is watching the sad insurance commercial or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he drops a folded piece of paper. She picks it up and it is a two column list uh, that says like, Pam, Cece, new baby on one side and the other side says like everything else or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, indicating that those three things are the winners, everything else is the losers. And Pam cries. She says, I'm going to frame it, which is amazing. I'm going to frame it. I can always take it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it is, uh, there is some weird link between Italian Americans and Columbus Day. Yeah. Never knew. Yeah, I mean, you know, I used to work at an Italian deli, so that's how I first became privy of it. But there's like eight Italian delis in my town, and I there's, live in a there's all these like um, Italian American fight to you know, because a lot of cities are trying to rename it mm. from Columbus Day to like Indigenous Peoples Day, right? That's and right. So there, you know, there's a lot of it. Like, I mean, Columbus I do- Day ban Italian Americans outrage over plans to halt. I think Italian American Heritage Month starts in October, but I still don't know why. So I don't know why that day. I don't know. I don't know. Here it's like there's a a Italian American parade on Columbus Day somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So now you know. Um, Yeah. So what do you think, man? What do you give this episode? Uh, It's good. You know, uh, I think they do a good job pulling in, you know, Robert California, getting him set up. you know, sort of the new standard of the office, you know, what it, what it is now. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, so I gave this a three out of five chins. Classic way to be sensitive, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I had to. Yeah. You know, what's been really exciting about doing great Scott with you, Jacob and all you fine listeners at home uh, is that I was really adamant that I would hate all these later seasons. And now that we're like in it, I, I feel okay. Maybe it's because I just accepted that I hated them a long time ago. But I, re, I was just really digging on this episode. So I gave it a 3.6 out of 5 circumcised penises. <laughs> that's for the kids at home. <laughs> Family episode. <laughs> well, that's the, uh, the thing with uh, season 8 is it's a lot easier when you can like binge it. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that was my problem. Um, because I, I didn't, I caught on to The Office around season three. Like, you know, I like binged it and then I watched it on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that's why from season four onward was not so great. Because season four was a writer's strike. So that really botched everything up. Right. Um, and then that's why I just felt consistently not as strong because I couldn't, I had to wait. Right. But that sucks because that's three seasons that I liked, right? So in actuality... I started this podcast with you and I didn't even like most of the office, <laughs> <laughs> but now you do, but now I do. Yeah. yeah so that's crazy. Uh, next up, we've got season eight, episode two, the incentive written by Charles McDougal or directed by Charles McDougal and written by Paul Lieberstein. 
This is uh, a pretty funny cold open where uh, Kevin has stopped using, like, not using all the words. He would leave, he's leaving words out. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say car, no go, he know exactly what me mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's trying to save all this time. Right. Right. And um, so pa- Jim and Pam are really like scared and there's this really great meta commentary. At least I, I think it was intentional. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe Paul Lieberstein can like, you know, hit, hit us up if he ever hears the podcast. But he's like, he's like, you know, he, Kevin's always been this way. It's like, no, he's not. He's get, he's getting stupider and it's being like worse as the years have gone on. Right. Which if you look at Kevin's character, that's very much his arc. Like he, like he's not really all that, like all that stupid, like, you know, truly stupid. He's just kind of lazy. Right. You know, that's right. And then, you know, where, where he is now is a far cry from the person who won the deuce to seven, no limit hold on bracelet. Right. Or yeah. yeah, Deuce to seven, no limit, uh, low ball bracelet so it's a very at least at least to me it's like this like meta commentary they're commenting on themselves and their writing to an extent yeah 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 i um so not to get crazy political but obviously the new nike ad campaign has caused a lot of great me come out of it and one was of kevin (laughs) uh saying this line and i was trying to find it but i can't but if i do later i'm gonna read it Oh, everybody be excited. Yeah, but it's pretty much stuff he had said. Right, right. I, I sent it. I actually sent that to him, a friend of mine today. I might be able to pull it up here real quick. Why waste time? Say la word when few words do trick. That's it. That's Nike it. swoosh do. Yeah. Uh, and then just on the same uh, thing, R. Dunder Mifflin has this one from Michael. Don't ever, for any reason, do anything to anyone for any reason ever, no matter what, no matter where or who or who you are with or where you are going or where you've been ever for any reason. What's, I've never read that line out loud. It is so much more crazy than watching. I know. It's, it, I love, like, like you said, like, I don't really care. I mean, I think the whole Kaepernick thing is overblown, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, yeah. But the memes have been fantastic. It's great. Like just swiping through Imager, like every fourth one is a different one. <laughs> like yeah. some of them are really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank goodness, at least for that. Uh, um, yeah. So he has this like intervention. It's Andy, Jam, Pam. Is White in there? Uh, I forget. No, I don't think so. But um, yeah, they're trying to have him talk um, proper. Then there's a great bit about SeaWorld, like he's going to go see the world, but is it Right. Um, so finally they get him to speak proper, but he has a little mm-hmm. talking head saying, when I'm in charge. They see. They see. And this is the first episode with um, where we see the, the pyramid tablet. That's right. It's just a small cameo. Right. But uh, yeah, that's the first look at it. Like I actually had forgotten they had set up yeah, me too. This far in advance. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's barely three pounds. Yep. So, you know, it has 50 L of storage. Yeah. Which I don't even know if that's a real thing. Right. I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Because K would be a thousand. L is sometimes a thousand. But that's why I feel like it, that's why it'd be K. Right. So it just doesn't, and I'm not seeing anything. Um, on the interwebs about it but uh i mean part of me thinks it's funny that, like this thing is so ghetto that like 
like imperial system it has to be its own metrics of like memory <laughs> you're just, gonna you're gonna want the memory yeah 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 <laughs> the, the memory booster <laughs> um so while dwight is given the rundown of the pyramid andy comes in with some ties very michael scott like mm-hmm. a bunch of ties on his arm looking for feedback and we start finding out that he's given many people in the office nicknames right there's e-dog and d-dog and c-span you know spaniel because of your mexican heritage and cocker because they're fine <laughs> Well, and it's funny, right? Because like that's a very convoluted way to say that nickname. When like really, like wouldn't it be because he's all I know it all? Right. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely how I would have taken it. Yeah, but I think it's funny that he probably doesn't even make that connection at all. (laughs) Right. Well, it's also very Michael Scott in a lot of respects, and I think one thing that we kind of see here is that Andy, who always kind of I don't know, maybe like. I mean, he liked Michael, but I think he always saw himself as better than Michael. Yeah. But we start seeing that he has a lot of Michael trait. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 especially the earlier episodes where he's in charge. Mm-hmm. It's what won me over for Andy. So I was like, yes, he could be the next Michael Scott. <laughs> and the fact that they're like they really move his arc so widely different with like the Pam uh, Aaron stuff rather. Um, I think really derails it in a way that makes it not fun. Right. It's freaking out. We ordered Cadoba. The dog knows. You can get Cadoba on a Sunday night. That's risky. Oh, yeah. We got DoorDash over here. I got you. I know. You know what it is? It's because we live in a real place, (laughs) Jim. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that is the one thing. Like, I I do not miss where I used to live, uh, the first place we lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Besides the fact we had great delivery options. Yeah. There was there was this um this Thai place that was cheap, super good. It, like you ordered it on Grubhub, always within fifteen minutes or less. They were like, yeah, that's great. Like thirty, you know, on the app, you're like thirty to forty five minutes. Fifteen, ten, fifteen minutes later, they're knocking on the door. <laughs> so great. Friday night, we ordered a box of Munchkins and hot chocolate from Dunkin' Donuts at like nine p.m. That's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not one of my New Year's resolutions. I had two, two big New Year's resolutions. Get a new job, which I've done. Lose 15 pounds. I'm not doing well with the 15 pounds. And it's because I can get donuts delivered to me at 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Well, if, you, if you ever want help with that, I got stuff that can help you. That's true. I might have to hit you up after. Uh, okay. So, uh, nicknames, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Just looking for a tie. Um, Dwight kind of reinforces in the talking head that really he's just going to let Andy do his thing and it's all right. Right. Because, you know, and I also find it interesting that they set up Andy's demise this early. Yeah. Second episode kind of thing. You know, you know, hashtag foreshadowing right there. Yeah. I mean, that being said, it's not like uncharacteristic for Dwight, right? Because that's his whole shtick when Jim was co-manager. Like he's very good at trying to, and actually he did it to Michael too. We always think he's such a loyal guy to Michael, but really he's constantly trying to be like Brutus. Right. But the thing with um, Jim, he was actively trying to screw him up with his diabolical plan. Right. Like when it's Michael, he was just pointing out things that Michael did to himself. But Jim, he was like setting up. But this time he's like, you know what? I'm just going to let, I'm going to wait. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that, that that's kind of different. And so, like Robert California comes in, and like this is also where we start seeing some like the big time daddy issues that Andy has. Like, hi, dad. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, which is weird because the dude, well, it's weird now because the dude who played his dad, whose name I forgot, was like arrested for hanging out with kids, if you, if you catch my drift. Yeah, he was the, the dad on 7th Heaven. 7th Heaven, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so we, we get this fun scene. So um, Andy, or Aaron asked if Robert California would like a cold beverage. It's like, no, just some coffee. And so, so he, she, doesn't say, he doesn't say no. That's the right, problem, just, I think. Just yeah. coffee. Yeah. It's so she brings him like this old, cold coffee. That has way too much in it. Like, why is she filled, filled to that high? I'll have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so she brings it. He is confused. We understand the joke. She goes to get him new coffee. Right. He's like, what, why did you bring me cold coffee? She said you want it. Yeah. It's a great like little look and like how literal Aaron is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's it's endearing. It's cute, but it definitely does like inform her character on why she's got a little right. Spacey. Why she might be in a loser column. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he said. You know, Andy says something nice to Aaron. Whatever she bounces, and uh, RC's like, "You like her," and I don't know how he's saying it because it could be like, "Oh, you like her in a man woman way." Or it could be like, oh, you're per- you protect her job-wise. Like you think she should be here, so you do things to get her out of the line of fire. Yeah, I mean, I always took it as the, you know, you, you want to you wanna get in with that kind of way. Yeah, you, you think Robert California is some type of like weird sexual guru. <laughs> I think he knows a lot, but I don't think he's a sexual psychic. Right, but I mean, it's pretty obvious I mean, it, it's one of those things that, you know, watching the show and how it's done, like, right. it's obvious that it, if, if you didn't know, you could tell that Andy has a thing for him. Yeah. On yeah. some level. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Right. So I'm not like thinking he's like some kind of sexual guru. I just think he's like just reading the signs. When a conversation happens and he gets like a little, a little pulse in his junk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um so they're basically talking about the plans for this year fiscally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some change-ups. How can we do? Um, Andy sent over a projection of 4% growth. Yeah, I thought he said it, they had grown 4%. Oh, there was a 4% growth. growth. Right. So he wants an 8 He, Robert California, wants an 8% growth by the end of this coming quarter. Right. Um, so that causes some freak out. Right, and like Andy, like crawls up on Jim's desk, knocks over the monitor, all sorts of stuff. He's like, you know, how are we gonna do it? Like he's trying to get someone else to do his job for him, and Jim's like, I have an idea. Do we? Do you have new territories you want us to explore? Yeah, new clients. New clients. We can have an in with. Yeah, or like an in with a big box chain. Right. Um, Well, what I think is great about that desk moment is because we've seen Michael do things similar. Right. And. and with Andy trying to do that, it, to me, it seems like Andy bought it. You know, Michael puts his leg up on the desk and is like being casual. And Andy was like, wow, what a casual guy. <laughs> so, so he tries to mimic it and he just botches it up by like knocking over all the family photos. Right. And this is where we see the whole, because um, he, he's, Dwight is making brownies for some reason. Right. And he, uh, Andy comes in and he starts talking to him about it. And he's like, how do we double our sales? And we learn that heirloom tomatoes are pushing back on beets in December. That's right. You know, I don't know if I've actually had a beet ever in my, my life. My wife loves beets. Uh, we, you know, we have some friends down 
in Southern Jersey and we always happened to pass this one diner and she had a beet salad at this diner. And every time we pass the GD diner, she is like, oh man, I had a really good beet salad there. So, but anyway, but we, this is what we see Dwight just like, look, you said you wanted the job, do the job. Yeah. You know, yeah. I thought that was really good. And it was, there was this really good speech from Robert California about how, which I think is pretty accurate. It's like, look, if I know what I want, I go online and buy. If I don't know what I want, I go somewhere that someone can tell me what I need. Right. Right. I think that's pretty true, for, especially for a lot, you know, a lot of people yeah. now. Like, you know, if I don't know what I want, I'm going to go put my hands on. But yes. for a lot of stuff, I'm just like, hmm, Amazon click. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's true and it's interesting. You know, I think even though that's a truth, like people have selling styles, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's accurate, but maybe that's not how Phyllis sells. You know, maybe to Phyllis it's really important to cut cost. You know, whatever, whatever it's worth, but very inspiring from him. But I could still see the salespeople being like, gosh, <laughs> I have to like change my style. Right. And so Andy decides that he's going to use like a point system. So if they sell better, they get points. Correct. It, I, I, yeah. I, I just wish I, we saw it like the rubric for the points. That would have been really cool. Yeah. Because like, did he factor in how many points someone would have earned to have achieved the goal that they're doing? Right. Like if all the reps had to increase 8%, right. Mm-hmm. So how many points would it have been for Stanley to increase by 8%? Right. Um, and if that's the case, right. Because then obviously we get to a point where some of these prizes he thinks are unattainable, unobtainable, you know? Right. And it made it sound like also that he could, that other people besides sales staff could do it. A hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. And so, you know, he's got a bunch of like stuff, for like 15 points. And for some reason he's got a, you know, vibrator up there. Yes. Um, yeah, it's like plush and toys and stuff. And then, yeah, a vibrator. Um, there's like a kitchen towel. Right. Now, if you had some Funko Pop figures up there, man, I would have been all about that shit. Yeah. I just, uh, I just bought my wife, too, today. I love those things. I, I love those things way more than any 30-year-old should, like, love fucking vinyl toys. Totally fine. I won't tell anybody. No one will know. <laughs> So um, if you want to send me something, send me a fun kill listeners. I love them. Yeah. Uh, but so, so he says, he mentions pooling the points. And I think, I think that's when Jim's like, I'm going to get him to do something really stupid. Yeah. So we got 500 points to our address. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1,000 points. Did he even say 500 points was like not going to happen? Yes. Right. Which is why I think he goes higher and says more ridiculous things. Right. Which is why, like, 500 points, if he feels that's impossible, like, is 500 points because they, so obviously the joke is they end up achieving how many points they need to get. 5,000. Right. So I guess it's across the whole office. Right. Because he, he was like, all right, we can pull our points. Right. So it was 1,000 points to run naked through the parking lot with a donut on his ding dong. That's right. And he's like, 5,000 points. You can tattoo the old SS Bernard or something. Yeah, a tattoo right in the tuchus. Um And this really gets everybody going. Yep, yep. <laughs> There's this great line from Dwight where he's like, uh, of course, of course you can go the ass tattoo route, and of course I'm going to like it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. even, even Dwight's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so we are treated to 
the office in a way we've never seen it before. It is yeah. just a bustling workplace. Um, every, and everybody's standing up. Everybody's moving around. People are handing people numbers. There's post-it notes flying around, printers, mm-hmm. multiple phone calls. Stanley is selling the Sabre Pyramid. Right. You got to embrace the power of the pyramid. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it's nuts. So Andy goes out to ask Jim, you know, what's going on? The funny thing about the pyramid is one, look, I know it's one of those things where they did it because they're supposed to show the ineptitude of Sabre and all this right. stuff. Right. But my thought, my, like, I could, I could see some company trying something just to be different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially during like the flip phone phase, we got all types of phones that did some weird stuff that no one really wanted. But they were like, okay, well, people like phones that transform. Right. Like, let's slide them or let's unflip them. And they'll flip two ways. Yeah. And then we'll so, have giant ones, the sidekick with full keyboards. I had one of those. It's screens that swivel. Yeah. I mean, I started, I had to wear a belt specifically because that, that, <laughs> that cell phone was so large. Did you have to go with the belt clip or was it like pulling your oh, pants down? Uh, no, it was those were always in my pocket um i can't do a belt clip well you know because i was cool and i wore those studded belts um, so the clip didn't stick on it you know. uh, little emo kid yeah i mean i was six three so big emo kid <laughs> but young <laughs> little, little baby j-ray that's right you know, emo yeah <laughs> tall lengthy brown dude and black mascara moping through the mall almost like a ghost <laughs> it's like the mall yeti and then so we, we see Andy calling up the professor who wrote the management book, which I think I used a version of it when I was in college. Okay. Uh, he was like, yeah, this is one of those classic ass tattoo and situations. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because he's looking for a page in the book that will teach how to de-incentivize. He wants his employees to do worse. Right. Um, so... So right. they, they get there. They, they hit all 5,000 points in a yeah, day. That's right. So one, you know, he, he had a sales goal. So that's yep. cool. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that's what I wonder. By the end of the day, has he achieved the 8%? I, I think already? so. Yeah, because that's why I was wondering if he calculated how many points people would have to earn to get there. Um, that's what my guess would be. Yeah, because or did he not? So they hit this 5,000 points. He's actually not closer at all to his 8%, and now he has an ass tattoo. Like, is that how much he sucks? <laughs> well, it could be, but, you know, yeah. they, they were definitely selling a lot. Right. So you would assume that... It, it's got to be, yeah. It kinda, like, I don't know. I, I got the vibe that they hit the number. Yeah. You know. There's like a Facebook thing that gets shared a lot. It's always like, never do 100% at work. You know, you do 50%. That way... If you want to be really good, you do 75%. And if you have an off day, you do 25%, you know, Mm -hmm. because if you do 100% and they say, hey, can you work harder? You're like, I've already been doing everything I can. So I, you know, this is, that's the bad of today's day Mm because now they saw Dunder Mifflin at 100%. They're they're (laughs) going to want more of that. And we have the, um, all of these terrible ideas for. Something raunchy from Phyllis for sure. Something very raunchy yeah. from Phyllis. Like, I wonder if it's out there or if it was just like a gag. Or if oh, actually- right. It was it just a blank piece of paper. I did someone really doodle something. Right. Um, I have know, a friend who got a shin tattoo. It was a free tattoo, but this artist was like, wanted to test the style or whatever. And it's messed up because it is a woman with two black eyes. And the text says, I told her twice. 
and he showed it to us we were like oh my god dude that is the worst uh, i mean it looks great but like i don't know i don't know how he's ever gotten a date since then where he wears those like compression things like around his skin. yeah he's gonna have like all the time like he's always constantly like waiting to get past the basketball yeah <laughs> uh so they take him out and he's he's wigging out because yeah. they they've convinced him that they're going to have a baby coming out of his butt. That's correct. Which, you know, it kind of begs the question, do you think the um, like was the art dog tat was always the plan and they were just fucking with them? Or? Yeah, you know, I guess um, I could see Pam kind of doing like a, a thing where she kind of like at the end, she realizes he's going to go through with it. So she sketches up something real quick and like gets the approval. Because it was it was on a different piece of paper too, right? It was like in a notebook, right? So part of me feels like maybe it was kind of like improvised. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so he sits there, you know, he does the anything. He cries when it's a cotton swab or whatever, <laughs> cleaning the area. Right. He's like, but he goes out, and you know, Jim falls and is like, "Look, no one expects you to do this." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Look, Tuna, I, I only have so much ass space." He's like, "Look, yeah. it'll buy you time to your next great idea." That's right. He's like, no one expects me to do this. So he walks in all confident, like just drops his pants like right in front of Aaron. I'm like, man, that's probably like gonna like sexual assault or something. <laughs> and yeah. just like swan dives onto the, the table. Right. Yep. Yeah. What was I just I was just watching something? Maybe it was the office. Oh yes. Uh it's the fire alarm. So they're outside and Jim is gonna start everybody playing uh Who Would You Do? Yeah. Um I, and again, I was just floored. I was like, that is just sexual harassment waiting to happen. Because everybody, including the gay guy, says they're going to do Pam. And like, that can't be a safe work environment or at least foster <laughs> the feeling of safety. Right. So, yeah, this this is a crazy office. <laughs> it continues to be. It, we, we get this really good voiceover from Robert California. He's like, there's something about underdog that just really inspires the unexception. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, you kind of realize that like, he thinks that because Andy is sort of this underdog person that he'll inspire the people. Yeah. It's more. So, right. you know, yeah. Like Rudy, right? Like Rudy was kind of in charge of his team, even though he wasn't really, but like everybody played better. Right. So Sean Astin carrying Frodo <laughs> up Mount Dew. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that movie is about, right? <laughs> Dumbledore Calrissian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May the force be with you. Uh, um, so yeah, so he, so he, he lays down, he drops trow, he starts to get this tattoo. Someone shouts, uh, "Make it bleed" or something. He goes, "Do I make it bleed?" Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's this fun little Nard dog tattoo, which I forget. Is it a fire hydrant or is it a doghouse? It's a. That's no, a dog. It's a dog. Well, right, but it says Nard somewhere. It's, uh, like, it's so. a. He's like wearing it on like a shirt or yeah, something yeah. on his, on the dog's chest. That's it. Because because the the dog has a shirt on. Right. I think the shirt says Nard dog. Nard dog. Uh, just a reminder: the Office podcast, Great Scott, is brought to you by BrokenJarsBroadcaster dot com. Uh huh. Dot X Y Z. I don't know. Yep, <laughs> you're right. It's a shirt. It's a blue shirt with a white stripe that says Nard on it. Um, yeah, and and he loves it. It's great. It's all very nice. Everybody feels good about it. Mm-hmm. I read that it, you know, he does not actually have the tattoo. I see. So someone just doodled on his. Yeah, got it. Good to know. Too bad. Uh, <laughs> that would have been some commitment. Yeah. So we uh, and earlier in the episode, 
Angela does one of these passive aggressive things by walking up to Pam saying, did you read this issue of parent magazine, whatever it says that we should be taking X amount of walks throughout the day for health convinces Pam to go on said walk. The right. of this episode is the first of those walks. Um, and we find out of a conflicting issue that Angela has. It's causing her internal conflict. Right. It's she's like social services on a coworker who is pregnant and still drinking caffeine. Is that really that bad of a thing? Like, I mean, I, I recall reading and I don't know. I'm not a doctor, man. It's crazy. Sometimes when I look up at you, Jacob, it looks like Robert California is slowly trying to kiss your ear. It's just so <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. I've read that. Um, if you're like a heavy smoker, or something like you shouldn't quit because the quitting is actually more shock to the child than continuing to smoke. Like maybe you can like lighten up or whatever. Um, And I think you definitely can't go on the patch because that stuff might go straight into your bloodstream in a way where like inhaling it is not, you know, it's different. Right. Um, But that's what I had read. I don't know if that's true. I've never been pregnant. So, you know, I don't want to make assumptions here. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I mean, I could see not wanting to like do that, but like, is it really that big of a deal? Um, yeah, so they decide to have these walks separately. Mm-hmm. And we find out that Angela had already called social services on me. Correct. <laughs> so how many government agencies has she called on her coworkers? Because she also All called of them. <laughs> INS on Oscar. So. <laughs> she's, she's happy she did. Yeah. All, All right. right. So uh, what are you giving this episode? Uh, yeah, you know, same thing. Just all these were all really good feel good moments. Like the office felt like a teen in both of these episodes. So this one was just pretty solid too. So I give it a, a three point four out of five. Nard dogs. Uh yeah, this good episode. Uh fun. You, you get to see like outside the office. You get to see a lot of good stuff. So mm-hmm. I gave it a three point five out of five pyramids. Feel the power of the pyramid. Power of the pyramid. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we are back. Yay. Yay, being back, season eight. As always, you can check us out at brokenjars.xyz. Check out our other shows at Resin Files Podcast. And that might be it right now. Yeah, we're doing great. Yeah. So we're doing great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then we will see you. See y'all in two weeks. Yeah, so take it sleazy. (laughs) Later, y'all. Bye.